stadium is changing. The international players are signing. And we got some arbitration data to dig into on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Guardians. Uh, I want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I want to do everyone's favorite part of the show and introduce myself. Uh, thank you to Cleveland Tax, who gave us four out of five stars, but uh, said we are unemotional and boring. So I don't know what four out of five stars and complained about this. Can we say again, like across the network, we are told to introduce ourselves every show. And if you listen to other podcasts, they introduce them. Like I, I listen to how stuff works. You always hear about Josh and Chuck at the start. You always hear their names because every podcast is potentially someone's first podcast. It's literally podcasting 101. You're supposed to introduce yourself every show because it could be someone's first one. I don't know why this is such a big deal. I want to thank everyone who does leave a review though. Uh, thank you for doing that. Cleveland text. Uh, I'm Jeff Ellis, one of your two co-hosts, formerly a draft and prospect writer. Now I've been here for many an episode, Justin. Well, I guess I'll be boring and introduce myself too, because I've done less po- episodes than you have done. So uh, maybe, you know, me elsewhere from the news Herald, the uh, ESPN sweet spot guardians, baseball insider. Now the next year in Cleveland newsletter, many places, but uh, getting more podcasting here with you. I'm trying to be, as monotone and boring as I possibly can. <laughs> we are somehow more controversial than billionaire owners complaining about being poor and yelling Ooh. at people. Uh, <laughs> somehow, We're going to talk about money today. We are going to we'll talk about that. money. But uh, let's start off with the arbitration, which I thought was interesting. Uh, when you get right down to it, you know, it was, it was all back and forth. Just like everyone expected, Shane Bieber took less than expected. Uh, and Zach Plesak got more. Uh, it's kind of weird when you look at it that way. Like the arbitration estimates are a pretty good system. Uh, they never get it right on the nose because it's basically just a baseline of expectation. Uh, Savali 99 and Plesak all got uh, little raises. Savali got 400,000. Like he got a 30% increase over his expectations. So that was kind of surprising. Uh, Naylor was under, uh, as I mentioned, Bieber was like 600 grand less than expected. The big one is a med Rosario who got 1.2 less than expected. I don't know what to take anything from that. If this was like him, like really wanting to be here, I have no idea, but uh, all in all the expected estimates versus what everyone signed for the guardian saved almost $2 million when it was all said and done. Uh, I know it's been retweeted Zach Meisel many times about, about an $85 million payroll, I wish I had texted at him uh, or, you know, respond to that and asked if that includes like the bonus money that they don't have to pay, like that comes out of that pool that gets put together, like, you know, how Quan and everyone, because no. it was like, sure. So arbitration estimates came in about 2 million less when they did their money, but then they got about 2 million more that they don't have to pay. So it was like the 85 million counting those bonuses or not counting those bonuses. But uh, I thought it was interesting. The Medwin was a little mind boggling. Plesak getting more when he had just an awful year Savali getting the high percentage more and then Bieber getting less uh, stood out like Naylor wasn't a, a big drop 
and 99 it wasn't a huge increase for him uh but yeah i thought it was it was interesting to watch them slowly funnel in on friday yeah i'm not surprised they that's the other thing too is there was a period there where they were not avoiding arbitration with everybody they obviously with the arbitration with trevor bauer because he's trevor bauer but yeah, i he think he like they, not go i know yeah just to make a statement and then um I want to mm-hmm. say Tomlin and Pistano, they had a couple of cases with. There are some other guys in between there, but largely since the early 90s, Cleveland has avoided um, yes. arbitration cases for a reason, and mostly for people who don't know why they do that, because arbitration cases can get ugly. Basically, what you're doing, if you're not familiar with the process, is um, the team submits what the, they think the player is worth, and the player's agent will submit what they think they're worth for the upcoming year. And if the two sides can't agree on like a median or whatever, um, they go to arbitration and which is court and the team has to argue against the players, usually not there in person. I think Bauer might've been, I'm not sure. Yes. And he called it character assassination. Like for another reason why the front office and him didn't have the rosiest of history. Uh, He straight out said they tried to do character assassination in those arbitration meetings. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if character plays into it or not. I'm not I, we don't know what was said. He's going to claim. Well, he said no, that. I mean, his his claim was that they tried to say that, like, his jokes about, you know, 420 and 69 because he wanted his contract to be all of those numbers because he's 12. Right. Uh, was like uh, was a negative effect to the franchise and things like that. He said that came up in the meeting. Like, I mean, he's he's one of the best pictures into it because he's very forthright about it. But like, you know, right. uh, that's everything gets brought up. And there was like a good decade where nobody, they, no one went to arbitration. It was a weird change when they, when a few guys started going there, but yeah. Yeah. And he wasn't even the first, it was Vinny Pistano, I think. And then it was Josh Tomlin. So those were bizarre ones, but anyway, so if the teams can't agree on a price, they they have to argue in court why the player's worth the money. So yeah, you get into it where some teams will have to say, well, this is why he's not worth what they're asking for and it goes into stats. Although I find it interesting. You can't use stat cast data, but that's probably because um, teams use their own internal analytics and um, batted ball data or pitch data and things like that. So they can't use publicly um, advanced stuff like that. But yeah, it, it ends up not being pretty in some cases when you tell a player you're not worth what you're asking for. And this is why you have to make a whole case. So it's ugly, but uh, Shane Beaver, you know, he got, uh, it's only 700,000 less than he was projected to get. Quantrill was 500,000 less. Naylor, 200,000 less. Uh, Savali got 400,000 more. Plesak got 500,000 more, which wasn't that much. What did uh, Karen no, check got? Uh, 50,000 more. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. 50,000, yeah. not 500,000. But 50, again, the thing with Savali is it's a higher percentage. Like if you're looking at the percentage change, Savali had one right. of the biggest. I think, I think Karen Chalk was like 1.5 instead of 1.4. It, it was like he was no he more. yeah he got a hundred thousand more and then Rosario yeah. was the big one where he was yeah. projected to get nine and he ended up with seven point eight so that was the big yeah. but uh overall except for except for Rosario everybody was you know fairly close to the projections which MLB trade rumors is good at but and all that's based on too is is uh statistical comps and how other players in that year are being paid across the league like how pitchers in the same year as police are being paid and going by their stats is I think they go by stats a little bit, but I think mostly it's um, other pitchers, his age and his, uh, his year in terms of team control, right? That's mostly how it's based off of other players. Yeah, it's oh, similar. It's, it's historical. Models. Yeah. It's yeah. historical comp models. 
But yeah, I mean, like I said, for most of them, it was what you'd expect. Like I said, the only weird thing is, again, for me, I'm not even necessarily looking at like outside of Rosario, like 1.2 is a lot. A million dollars off is a lot. But it's like to me, what's interesting is, again, Savali, where it's it's a high percentage shift. Like while, you know, I think Bieber was 10.1 instead of, you know, it was like six to seven hundred thousand. It's oh, that's yeah, not yeah. a huge percentage shift. We're Savali going from 2.2 to 2.6. That's a much higher percentage, which I know our friends who who want us to be emotional and not about the nitty gritty love me talking about the percentage of salary. Bottom line, two million cheaper and expected about 85 million, about half the twins payroll, which. Again, I don't want to be an owner hater here, but I am really looking forward to an ownership change where this team can at least just respectable levels. And I know I'm just I'm asking Avery to come at me tomorrow because I want this team to spend a little money and he's going to pop up. I can't win no matter what I do. Someone's going to get mad, but it would be nice, you know, to spend to keep some guys, lock a few up younger, you know, maybe. But you're also you're not advocating for them to send stupid money. Like no. if you look at the free agent pool right now, like you could say, like we've talked about Michael Fulmer and Andrew Chafin, like maybe yeah. those are maybe those are good ads, but not for sure. You're not advocating them to spend, just go out there and, and pay whoever just for the sake of spending money. You're talking about investing in smart decisions, which is like you said, trying to lock up Andre Semenis, trying to lock up Tristan McKenzie. They're there is advocating for more payroll and there's advocating for stupid money. Like, Oh, they should sign Javier Baez or they should sign this free agent. Cause I heard him before. Like no one's at, we're not at, you're not advocating for that. I'm not advocating for that, but they could spend a hundred million dollars on good players and extensions and not waste their money stupidly. Yes. It's all about spending. I mean, if they spend a hundred million dollars the right way, it's fine. It, yeah. We're not asking them to go out and, and make a, a Miguel Cabrera contract or go Javi do Baez a lot of contract. Braves contracts, right? Like go do what the Braves right. did. Like just go do that. Like lock up all those guys young, like the Braves have done with Murphy, with with Harris, with Spar- Strider. Like go do that. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It would be. Ni- it's going to be nice when again, it's not half the payroll the Twins had. You know, when it's not that they are. I mean, they still might be the lowest payroll team in this division. I would have to go. Look well, they're the still team. the Twins. The Twins payroll is largely. Buoyed by the Carlos Correa yes. contract now, but even without it, I mean, they'd still be. And Carlos Correa is still what thirty million odd. It, it's it's they would still be lapping the Guardians. Um, but this seems like a perfect time here in the show to uh, remember and remind you that we'll be coming back in a moment here and discussing uh, the changes to the stadium, what we like, what we don't like, and then we're going to get into the international market as well as MLB released a top right-handed list top 10 right-hand prospects the guardians feature heavily on that list so if you want to know about the newest guardians and you want to know about some of the pitching in the future make sure you are tuning in now let's discuss our good friends over at hey listen we talked about them at the start of the show and that would be bet online let me throw up our uh title sponsor bit there our good friends over at bet online is your number one source for sports betting info stats news and analysis Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball in the World Cup, we got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sportscasts, you can find those on betonline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And again, I'm going to tell you uh, right now is the perfect time to maybe go look at world baseball stuff because it's it's in flux. And it's sometimes things that are not, you know don't get... Updated as often, but rosters are in flux. So go check that out with our friends at Bet Online today. Could be a chance to make a few bucks while things are in flux. 
Hey, I couldn't help the rhyme there. Changes to the stadium. So I, uh, I'm going to jump out here and do everyone's second favorite thing of me hogging the mic. But when I look at these things, I know this is going to be like a weird take, but uh, the second Ken Griffey Jr. baseball game was the only baseball game where I played a whole 162 games. You know, and it didn't have any of the names. Like Albert Bell was Frank Liberty. I traded him to the Giants because he had left town for the Matt Williams equivalent, who uh, I was very excited when he broke Mer- the uh, the home run record that year. But, uh, you know, going through a lot of those stadiums, I kind of realized, like, as a kid, became favorites because they had something that stood out, like the cages at Old Tiger Stadium, the fountains in Kansas City, you know, the buildings behind uh, in Baltimore. And then there are the ones like, you know, Seattle and Minnesota at the time, Houston, that were just boring domes. Like, it was amazing how many boring domes were in baseball in the 90s. And in a way, the Terrace Club was kind of that for Cleveland. It was that thing that was, like, different, that was an interesting feature that stood out with the glass. And as part of me, it's going to be sad that I never got to go there. Uh, And this new area looks cool, but there's part of me that doesn't like this just because I was like, that was the feature. That was the thing that really stood out. Like you had a different look there that was unlike anything at any other stadium. Uh, I don't know. Am I wrong that this is like the first thing I focus on with this change? I mean, it is the most notable thing outside of the shipping containers, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, And anybody listening to if you're if you're if you have any thoughts on the stadium changes, we'd love to hear it whether you tweet at us at locked on or locked guardians or either one of our handles or below on youtube but um yeah no you're absolutely right i think that's it was a unique thing it was a unique part of the ballpark that nobody had it was one of their unique features that was kind of groundbreaking i don't know that any of their team either you know, ever copied it either you know but it was one of those uh what they called it white linen dining and indoor experience i did get to go last year for the first time actually because uh, part of it was, I guess we heard it was being taken down. All I think, I think it'll still be there for the upcoming season. So if you come home this summer, uh, I might. might I might. I mean, I, I typically come back once a summer, but I I might go. Like even if I can't, it might go, still go be there. Yeah, during a game, if it's still open, I'm going to try. I am going to try to go there. This fan meetup. Let's go be rowdy yeah. at the Terrace Club. Uh, All right, Lockdown Guardians meet up at the Terrace Club. I like it. It's it's fine. It's not, I can say it's, I mean, I've, I've always thought about like, oh, it'd be cool to go and try. And it was a lot less of a hassle than I thought it was going to be. You essentially just make a reservation and it's, it's more expensive just to like, it's for dining. Like you have to go and pay. It's like an all you can eat thing. Mm-hmm. I think in the past, it used to be a little fancier. They used to have like a more of a, a dining sl- menu that you could select from. And they also had a buffet the, and this the, now I think because of how it's changed over the years, it was just like ballpark food plus like a little bit of extra fanfare um and there's there's obviously adult beverages i know you don't partake but that is a thing you can do there um i don't know for for me i can say i'm i don't want to say i'm old school because i'm definitely not old school but i i do like to go to the game and watch the game and, and i do like to be at the the park to feel the the ambiance of baseball i like to feel and, and hear everything going on and when you're in inside the glass, like you don't hear the game. You're watching. You can. I don't know if you can even hear it on TV, but you can't. You can only see the game. You can't hear it. And you can't experience everything. So it's fine. I definitely think everybody, if you can afford to, it's worth doing once just for the experience. It's a cool view. Um, it's especially great in colder months and when there's rain. But other than that, you know, I I, I personally prefer just being around the ballpark, but I think it's, I think it's really a good time for them to make the change because when they did that, 
when they opened the ballpark, it was like you said, it was unique. Nobody else had that. I don't know if anybody does, but it's no longer part of what they're trying to go for in the ballpark. You know, it, they, they uh, renovated the, the right field area into the corner bar. They've incorporated a lot of city stuff locally for food and more social hangouts, the game in the, in the, I guess the Terrace club is kind of a social hangout, but it's really not. It just kind of looks odd when you put it up against the rest of the ballpark. So I think it makes sense to transform it. I don't From what I saw the renderings, it looks like some of the, the area over there may still be enclosed. Like there may still be some glass there and you could sit there. So I think that part is staying like maybe some of it is, but it it overall like, the feel will change. looks like fancier seats. Like it looks like it doesn't like, it looks like almost like a cushion seat and there's like glass at the knee level. And then it looks like a lot of, I don't know. Like it looks like they're trying to do fancy, but also not. It, it just, it, it looks very hodgepodgey to me. Like they're trying to maintain <laughs> old with new. I we'll see how it looks like it's weird in the pictures, honestly. Um, and then, you know, it's more of this whole idea that like, you know, the, the standing room only the, the, the local cuisine, uh, and then, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Uh, eventually I, I think it'd be a tax write-off for us. I, I do. I'm very, very intrigued by the, um, the dugout club. That looks like that could be a fun thing to also try once not. This is this is the times where I miss my buddy who's uh, when I went to high school and his dad worked at First Energy and we had occasion like I've, I've been oh, in a luxury wow. box three times in my life or, or on the floor. Like I've been in the expensive seats three times is all because my my high school buddy, uh, his dad worked at First Energy. So when they got tickets, he'd call me. So that's the only time I've gotten to go do that. Uh, but I mean, this seems like interesting. It seems like a fun extension. I thought it was interesting as well that was it zach or someone pointed out that like there had been talk of like kind of changing the entire like press box area or doing something different with that and that apparently has gone away uh but they've got this and then also that basically they're going to build a new building to have a sports book on the outside because you can't have it on the inside is the rule and that Mm -hmm. they're also going to change um some stuff they're going to update all the front office stuff so it can be even more cutting edge up there with what they're doing yeah they they were supposed to do a lot of different things with the administration building and they decided they couldn't and they just decided to add a fifth floor and renovate in there. A lot of teams have also renovated their press boxes. Like some of them have moved them to very uh, poor locations. I want to say like the Cubs or the Orioles, their press box has gotten moved or something over the years. And it's, or maybe it's the angels. I can't remember, but it's not in a good location for writers anymore. And I know people are like, well, think of the fans first, but yeah. Uh, so I'm kind of glad the guardians one is not press box isn't moving, but they could, probably use some renovations in their press box too. I'm going to be honest. It's some upgrades to their, their press dining. Uh, I know is a popular one among writers. Um, it is weird. I, I will say that you have to pay for food in the press box. That is one of those. You don't hear in a lot of places that is to dig into the nitty gritty. And I'm sure people out there like, Hey, they get to go to the game for free. I mean, that's fine. But I'm just going to say when you could, you compare that even to the minor leagues where food is provided for free. And then you go to the major leagues and you got to prepare and pay. That's, little yeah. different and i understand it's a it's higher pro- level of food too but it i've heard that complaint. yeah yeah and there's more people to feed at a, at a major league yeah. press box than a my league press box i will say although you have like an akron you know they always feed us in akron but they also have their staff eating from that too so it's not just us yeah. um for a lot of years too for a lot of years too lake county would not do that they would give you like a voucher card for that mm-hmm. stuff and then so you're not paying for food but you're only getting yeah. like um the, the concession stuff but last year Lake County brought back uh, in press box. I know I'm, I'm being fancy hoity-toity and, and looking uh, like a douche here, but um, they brought back in in press box dining last year, which 
by the way, you'll hear some captain's news tomorrow. That was uh, the minor league team that we teased last week that was going to have some some major announcement news tomorrow. So uh, on, on Tuesday the 17th. So if you're listening to this, it might have already happened. And uh, if not, tune in at 1 o'clock. The captains will have some, I don't know, it'll, it'll be interesting news that will probably affect that sort of thing. So uh, we, we shall find out. But I, I'm excited for the renovations, to be honest with you. Hey, I think getting they, rid of the... The shipping containers, shipping yeah, containers I know. It's huge. That was, I mean, that's just those are embarrassing. Let's be honest. Those is it, were this, this is the this is the important part, isn't it? Because remember the first original designs that came out of that, it was not supposed to look like that. No. And I feel like they either ran out of money or they just felt like they didn't have enough time to finish it, and they were just all right. Let's just put this up there and we'll be done. So now they're spending more money, unfortunately, to fix that issue. You know what I found interesting too? I, I like the sight lines. Like there's more. There's more standing room only coming to left field, which I like, uh, like the third, like the upper deck third base area. There's more standing room to see the field. Um, but you know, what I, I really I'm interested in is that they're putting more seats back up into right field. So they're removing some seats from the left field area, like the third base overhang and the upper deck, I think. And they're going to um, put more seats back into right up in the upper deck and right field where some of the shipping containers are. Obviously they're going to take those out of the right field portion and, renovate those to look better but they're putting some seats back in like upper deck of right field and i'm like these are pretty bad seats in terms of like how they're how they're angled and and just their location i'm like why are you putting in i like putting back in seats might be not a bad idea considering how much they're taking out although they said that capacity isn't really going to change stay the same yeah so the moving of seats is just to maintain capacity is what it seems like right but it's like why why pick that area to put seats back in it's those those seats are at a very bad angle and they're in a bad and they're in the uh the worst location in the stadium it's like why choose that area to put seats back in like put that as part of your standing room only bar section and then find different ways to put the seats in. i know some of the seats are changing in the lower levels too which is good but i'm excited for it overall because look it's going to look like a a new ballpark without it, without having to build a new ballpark, which was never going to happen. And it's important for them to, to update this sort of thing and make it look good. I think, I think progressive field is one of the best looking ballparks in this, in, in the sport. I mean, I've been to Camden, I've been to PNC, um, trying to think where else I've been out there. Uh, it's kind of limited actually. And the other thing to point out is like nothing has been decided about that parking deck yet. And I think, I think if they're uh, smart, yeah. they'll buy it. It's, you know, it's not that expensive and it gives them more room to expand and do things. So, cause they're kind of running out of room on that plot. Like we said, they're going to build a whole nother building on the side. That's going to be some of the storage from those storage containers, like some of what they're doing there. Plus it's probably going to be a sports book, which again, as long as it doesn't open into the stadium, they're allowed to do. That's supposed to go out into East Ninth. I think they're pushing East Ninth. Okay. Even yeah. The, out. the administration offices or administration offices are just getting a renovation and getting an extra floor. I think, but the sports book I think is going to push out where there there's like a new era hat store that's out there by East Ninth. Yeah. That might turn into the sports book, and then okay. yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, there's some talk of like expanding or building, but that, we'll see. Well, the the parking deck. I will say real quick for it. So yeah. the parking deck. They have an option to buy that in a couple of years. I think a lot of that looks like it's if they're going to try to build like a ballpark village that has to do with David Blitzer's involvement. So if they buy that, you're talking about knocking down a parking deck and then putting up like shops and restaurants and potentially, I don't know, apartments. I have no idea that, but that's kind of like what the battery in Atlanta is. It's, it's ballpark village. That's kind of what I think David Blitzer might be here for. Agreed. We're going to take uh, we're going to be back in a moment 
for all of you people who want to know more about prospects, international prospects, the Guardians have added a few. You know, remember this is the where the George Valeras came from of the world, where the Brian Rocchios, the next generation of top talent, uh, as well as discussing MLB's top right-handed pitchers, which were Guardians heavy. But first, let's talk about our good friends over at BuiltBar.com. I know them. I love them. Uh, I've been having them for years. I, I remember their old design. Now we've got the new design. And listen, the ad copy wants us to talk about Walmart. You can go to Walmart, you can go to Sam's Club, and you can get uh, their product. And it's great. If you don't want to you know, deal with shipping and handling and all that, go to Ball- Walmart. No, go to Walmart, go to Sam's Club, and get your Built Bar today. But right now, they still have a 15% off site-wide sale. So I also want to send you there. Because when they have a sale, then you can typically use the promo code LOCK15 and get another 15% off your order. And I highly recommend the 12 mixed uh, box right now or the 12 mixed puffs. I'm a big fan of the puffs. And what you need to know is a lot of these, it's like 140 calories, but 17 grams of protein and only 6 grams of sugar. They're good for you. They taste delicious. Whatever you like, you'll find a flavor for you over at Built Bar. So check out BuiltBar.com today or go to Sam's Club or Walmart. And if you do go to BuiltBar.com, remember that promo code LOCK15. Wilbin France, uh, Francisco, right? That's that's the big name of this group. Uh, it feels like, it. you know, it's interesting if you go to MLB.com, every single player in this top 50 has already been signed, uh, except for Tony Ruiz, where I'm like, what's going on there? I think the thought I've read today is that he's probably going to end up with the Red Sox. Uh, but yeah, I mean, these, these deals are done before months, maybe years ahead of time. Uh, if they wanted to nail teams with fines for making these deals done, like, I, you know, Wilbon Francisco has been wearing primarily guardian stuff since he was like 14 and he's, he's 17 right now. So, uh, obviously, you know, obviously he's been connected to this organization for a while, uh, you know what? Uh, what does your scouting report say on the the very very young man they have? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not a lot to go off. Mostly just reading yeah. MLB Pipeline, which Jesse Sanchez does a great job. MLB Pipeline, and then obviously uh, Ben Badler, Baseball America. By the way, I highly highly recommend if you have the, the funds to do so to, to subscribe to Baseball America. Those guys do a fantastic job, especially on fronts like this. So the Guardians, though, had about. A little, let's let's say five point eight million to spend. A little over that and some change. Um, so they spent a uh, one point three million and some change on Welbin Francisca. They spent eight hundred fifty thousand on Yerlin Luis, and then the rest of it was kind of spread around. But I don't know. It sounds like my initially I read on Francisca. It sounded like most people projecting to be a second baseman. But yes, now I've seen that he has um, added some strength. He's kind of growing into his body, which he's only sixteen. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of lot going on here. You know, he can get bigger, he can get stronger, uh, he could get too big. I mean, I, who knows? A lot of things could happen. But uh, it sounds like he has a good frame. But it sounds like his arm and his run times have gotten better. So, good chance he can stick it short. People really like. Again, this is another shortstop who um, switch hitter. Can, yeah, right. switch hitter who can make make a lot of contact, has speed. Um, it, it's the same kind of for those who are curious about the rank. Yeah, it's a typical Guardians uh, international signing in terms of middle infielders. You know, he can stay up the middle. He might add some power. He has bat-to-ball skills. He has speed. He can play defense. If he ends up at second, he'll be fine. People think that his bat will come along pretty nicely. So, um, yeah, that was the prized uh, guy in this class. Important to remember, too, though. I know you know this. 
Cleveland's had a lot of success with players that haven't been the top guy in their class. No, I mean, the, the top guys um, almost always fall in short. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Bradshaw got a ton of money. That hasn't gone well. But other guys in this class, like uh, Valera, Noel, Rocchio, obviously, those are big names too, but they have all done much better than him. And then even even uh, the class after that, Gabriel Rodriguez uh, was their top guy. And until until 2021 or 2022, you know, he hadn't really been going anywhere. It took him a little bit longer. Still but, the highest signing bonus, I believe, they've had internationally. Yeah, for a position player, just if you want to count Danny's bias is the yeah. the top one ever but uh uh well then i you know I was, I was listening i was pulling things up i do want to point out people are like what you know that sounds really impressive why is he only like 28th in the class he is five foot eight he's a slight guy you know height issues are still something that in traditional scouting stands out that is something that uh people still have issues with and like he's more like uh again the, take it with a grain the grainiest of salts but like the scouting grades on him projecting to be kind of just average at everything other than hit. Uh, that is definitely, so, you know, we'll have to see how it progresses. He's 16. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, he's got him having average power while being five, eight is kind of a miracle. They even list him at that just due to right. his size and the height stuff. So I think I said, wait instead of height, but uh, yeah, he's, he's the first one. Um, they've got two more guys who kind of signed for significant amounts of money. Uh, should I, queue you up for let's see he is i'm trying to find out where he is in the ranks i missed there he is um ranked 37th yeah yerlin luis is 37th Mm -hmm. he has the second biggest bonus uh center fielder very much another if we read the scouting report i guess do you want to take over yeah sure i mean i I, neither neither one of us really have yeah neither one of us have like an in-depth scouting report on no. these 16-year-olds from the Dominican Republic, but we're we're just kind of reading off of these because we haven't had a chance to see them other than like Instagram video that exists yeah. out there. But yeah, another guy who should could stick in center field and has some room to grow, contact. Um I think it sounds like he might have a chance to have a little more pop than Francisca. It sounds like he makes a little more hard, hard contact at his age. I mean, who knows? Again, Francisca could grow, and it could be a thing where like he does the, grow. Uh, the, uh, he's got a bit of an uppercut, like a small uppercut. Is what yeah, and I think he just makes a little more hard contact at yeah. this age right now. So we'll see how that grows. But, yeah, bats of ball skills, uh, speed, center fielder. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see him. I know it'll Another be a couple of years before we do. Undersized switch hitter. A lot a lot of similarities mm-hmm. between him and, um, and Francisca. And then the let's see the only other guys to get big money. I'll mention like you know MLB has like guys who signed for over three hundred thousand. That's kind of a separator. Uh, Jonathan Martinez, infielder from the Dominican Republic, for three hundred. Juan Fran- Francis, outfielder from Venezuela, for three twenty. Jose Perella, outfielder from Venezuela, for three twenty. Luis uh, Merajo, infielder Dominican Republic, for three forty. And yes, I butchered all of their names. So go ahead and let me know in the comments below how bad I did. And then the other big name guy relative to everything is Jose Mercano, an infielder from Venezuela who got 800,000. Um, he is another kind of bread and butter guardians infield type from what I've read. Yeah. The two guys I think I heard that, that kind of stood out of them, that group were Mercano and Jose Perella. And I'm also interested to see if Jose Perella is like related to the like former Yankees and Pirates prospect. Remember what I'm talking about? He was like a, a five yeah. foot nine outfielder. He was uh, supposed to be a top prospect and he never really 
uh, panned out. I wonder if there's any relation there. But those are the two guys I've seen kind of like talked about the most among the group that didn't get the highest bonuses and that I didn't see in the rankings as high. So but we're talking was, about kids that are like uh, are like five years away from being a year away at this point. So yeah, Jose Prella was uh, from Valera, Venezuela. So not the same hometown. So I, uh, how, I you know, how that's old about is he all now? I can do. Is he uh, old enough to have a sixteen-year-old kid? Yeah, I mean, reasonably. <laughs> yes, I mean he's thirty-three. So yes, but you know he would have been pretty pretty young there um and spending a lot of time stateside uh during those times uh so yeah you know he got to the big leagues had a, had a what a 985 plate appearances over 300 games so good on uh the other jose probably oh, did but make it yeah okay. played a bunch of random positions but yeah uh i was gonna say the i'm kind of bouncing around through all my tabs uh yeah it just and then like i said with marcona who got the the other like big bonus another sub six foot guy uh you know knows how to uh knows you know good eye at the plate not a lot of power if you've heard this before you know uh i am not surprised and then i think I my say, favorite go ahead i was gonna say that it sounds like just from reading that Luis might have the most projected power of any of the guys they signed. That sounds like everyone feels like he has the best chance yeah, to add. Sig- yeah. si- not, I don't want to say significant power, but the I most I don't think anyone projects his plus. Let's put it that way. You're hoping for 55 grade, and that would be – they're not well, going average. for – Yeah, and then uh, looking at baseball, uh, baseball America, I love the fact – you know, I've brought it up on the show. Uh, they love Venezuelan catchers. They signed four catchers, three of them from Venezuela, so – you know, that little stat I brought up before, and I can't remember about what, but it was talking about, like, Victor Martinez, Venezuelan catcher, and then there are all these Venezuelan catchers in the system. Well, they just added three more. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there apparently is something there in the water. But we, and two out of Panama. Yeah, two from the same area. That's interesting. We're going to end our audio-only show for this point. Oh, well, I guess not audio-only. It's audio and video at all times. We're going to go to the video-only component, talk about the uh, MLB.com top 10 right-handers in baseball, which also focuses on top pitchers. So join us for that part. Uh, thank you to, again, thank you to Cleveland Tex for the review. Four to five stars is still very good. Um, glad He calls us, in fairness, he called us very informative, the most informative place for it. We're just dry, which, I mean, I can own on that. I'm more of a professor type than a screamer type. This isn't, I'm not, I can't do morning radio. It's just, that's never going to work. I was always going to be a straight man. Uh but thank you to those who rate and review uh, the comment section. We're very heavy on YouTube. I'm going to a lot of, a lot of catching up to do. So uh, thank you to everyone there. And um, yeah, go, go guardians. Go.